You're listening to Habs Culture, a Montreal Canadiens podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Habs Culture and on Twitter at Habs underscore culture to stay on track with news and updates. Episode 26 of the Habs Culture podcast. My name is Mark Anthony Bertaggia. I'm alongside Justin Schwartz. Today we have two guests with us on the podcast to talk about a certain incident that happened this week concerning the Habs. We have our good friend Liam Baum, who's been on the podcast before. And we have Jason Dankner, a name you've probably heard of a few times on the podcast. He's uh, He sent us some DMs and stuff on Instagram for topics to talk about. And now he'll be able to actually say them in person. So welcome, guys. Glad to have you on board. Thanks, Thanks guys. Appreciate it. So in a, in a week where, or the past few weeks, where we didn't expect much to happen for the Montreal Canadiens and any franchise in the NHL, um, Carolina decides to um, offer sheet Jesperi Kotkaniemi to a one-year $6.1 million contract with a $20 signing bonus. I'm going to ask you guys right off the bat because everyone has different opinions on it and we've had a few days to actually think about what the Habs might do or what you guys would do. I'm going to ask you one at a time, starting with Justin. Are you on team match or team not match? So let him walk. I'm going to take the a different approach here and I'm going to say team not match, let him walk. So for those who don't know, if you if the Canadians do not match, they receive a first-round pick and a third-round pick in compensation from the Carolina Hurricanes. Liam? I will be on team not match as well. Not match. And Jason? I'm going to join the boys and, and join team not match as well. So uh, I'm on team match. Um, and sorry, I, I, I know you probably have mm-hmm. something to say there. I, I just want to add something because it's crazy. You're at number three to one in not match to match. Yeah. And... I feel like these opinions have swayed enormously changed, in the past yeah. week. I've seen, you know, ever since it happened, day one, day one, I saw people saying it's a no-brainer. You match this offer. Mm-hmm. You have a 21-year-old who's kind of in the in the midst of getting his getting his game together. And all of a sudden, I've seen more and more people turn to the other side. I think people want the picks. I think people don't think that he's worth the money. And it's crazy to me how things change so so much in such little time. Yeah, a lot has changed because people, well, first of all, people started figuring out the the salary cap constraints and the money and RFA constraints. Um, so I want to hear your guys' opinion. I'll do mine later since I disagree with you guys. So I want to hear your guys' opinion on why you guys do not match. If it's, is it the picks? Is it the money? What is it? So I could start off here. Um, yeah, go ahead. Look at a guy just very cocky. I mean, it was a third overall pick. Obviously, a lot of pressure, especially playing in Montreal. But he really lived up. Like, I'm looking at his stats here, and there's just like, there's just like, there's obviously hope because of where he was selected. But when I watch him, there's just like, obviously, listen, I'm no Habs hater. Like you said, I'm a Tampa fan. But like, I just see he's no a Tampa fan, by the way. He's a Tampa fan. Like, he hasn't had a season where he's had over 15 goals, 30 points, like. So to match, I know it's only one year, but to match 6.1 seems a little crazy to me, especially when you're going to get a first and third round pick. And if I'm getting a first and third round pick, I'm flipping it right away for maybe another centerman, maybe someone like Christian Dvorak. Um, yeah, that's just me though. So. Oh, and I'm and I'm and I'll take the turn here just because yeah. I'm kind of in a I'm in agreement with Jason in the sense that 
my two cents on this on this situation is that yes, Perry Kotkaniemi is a is a talented player. I think we all know that, and I think we can all agree on that. He has showed some promise, especially in the playoffs, which is hard to come by. But I don't think that we can ignore the fact that yes, yes, Perry Kotkaniemi is a player, like Jason said, who has never put up more than thirty five points, and to be getting paid $6.1 million a year for that type of performance is definitely not worth it. I truly believe that on a good day, yes, Barry Kotkaniemi could be getting paid $3.5 million, maybe four if the Habs want to reach. But I think $6.1 million, especially since he's going to have to be getting paid that again next year, is too much for my liking. And Liam, before you go, I think we all agree that it's an overpayment. Like We all agree. Yeah, I think absolutely. everyone in the world agrees that it's an overpayment. Absolutely. And that's the point of an offer sheet. I mean, just comparing it like to around the league, six point one million—that's more than a player like Hoffman is making. And Hoffman is a consistent twenty-five goal scorer, mm-hmm. puts points. It like I see how they can offer him six point one for one year, but I mean, again, I like I said, I'm a team not match, but it, it's still a lot of money. It is a lot of money. So here's my take. Look again, I love the player. I think he has good promise. Um, He's a third overall pick that the Habs took a gamble on. Was he rushing to the NHL? Probably. Absolutely. Maybe. But that's, that decision was made. It's done. I still think it's a kid with promise who has a lot to prove. It's a kid who got shafted many times with his team, and I don't blame him for signing the contract. I don't think anyone blame, blames him for signing that contract. It's $6.1 million up front. The $20 signing bonus is for memes on social media, but still, it's $6 million up front for a 21-year-old kid who's not getting the minutes or what he deserved in Montreal. I think it's in the future, a one-two with Suzuki Kotkaniemi was the plan. I think it should have been that. I think it should be that moving forward. And I think it's too early. I know the word giving up on the kid is a stretch because it's a lot of money. So you're not really giving up on him. You just have to let him walk because of the money constraints. But I want to see him become the player he was supposed to in Montreal rather than in Carolina, excuse me. And there's, a, there's ways to get around the money. Look, like you, like Schwartz, you mentioned his uh, his six point one million dollars next year. That's if he files for arbitration. If he goes into arbitration, he gets his qualifying offer as an RFA, which is six point one million dollars or over. Um, but if he doesn't, you can sign him now. You can match the offer sheet, um, and then you can negotiate with him before he hits RFA to a five by five or to a four right. by five and a half, um, and that's under the six. And if he doesn't want that, then you go into a club arbitration where then the player doesn't have the arbitrator you have the arbitrators the Montreal Canadiens so then you could lower his salary cap arguing that he doesn't deserve that he got that only because it was an offer sheet absolutely so there's ways around it Mm -hmm. and I just believe that look you could take the picks and flip them for whoever you want I just don't think a Christian Dvorak um, or like a Thomas Hurdle or a Thomas Hurdle look Thomas Hurdle is a very good hockey player I think he's better than Christian Dvorak I just don't think right now it's a 21 year old center who was drafted at the time to be our number one. Obviously, Suzuki came in a bit later and took that role. But look, now we're talking about trading for 26-year-olds and 27-year-olds, where if you want to build into the future, when once price is gone, it's not going to be with a 27-year-old, it's going to be with a 21-year-old. And people are complaining that, well, it's too much to pay him now. Well, if you wanted him to be good, you were going to have to pay him at one point. Whether it was 2023 or 2024, you're going to have to pay him at one point. Might as well pay him now. And then extend them long term and see what happens. And if you screw up, you screw up. You pick them third overall. You stick with it. That's my that's my view on it. Fair take. Like you said, like is still very young. Like he's very he was very rushed into the league. Yeah. 
and it obviously showed when he got sent down to the minors last year, but I saw a tweet and it was comparing Couturier's stats in his first three. Yeah, I saw that also, yeah. And he had the same points per game, same goals per game. Really? I'll pull that up. Uh. Yeah, but he was very rushed into the NHL, and it showed, and he definitely still has a lot of potential if he's playing with the right players on the right line. But personally, I don't think he's growing well with the Canadians, and I think he needs to to get to be in a different location and I'm a huge Thomas Hurdle fan. He's an amazing hockey player going into his prime now and the Habs need to win now. Price is not getting any younger. The team is comprised of both old players and young players and getting beaten up as as the seasons go by, right? For sure, and I think Hurdle would be a much better option to win now than Kokanyemi growing, I, I guess. So Sorry, before we go on, I'll just say the stat that Liam brought up. So Kateri in his first three years had 0.14 goals per game with 0.39 points per game. And Kotkaniemi had 0.13 goals per game and 0.36 points okay, per so game. Okay, so very similar. Yeah, very similar. Look, and and I mean, we can't just base... And I know that's not what you guys are doing. But I mean, you, you look at a guy like Kateri who has really blossomed in, into a, an exceptional hockey player who has earned every penny on his contract... However, I think that you're looking at two different franchises that deal with their players much differently. And we've seen players come out of that organization in Philly that have blossomed and become some exceptional hockey players. Now, with the exception of a couple guys like Nolan Patrick, but you've seen Konechny become a great hockey player. You've seen guys like Kateri become a great hockey player. Ivan Provorov. Now, the the problem with Montreal is that our development program is not nearly as good as some other franchises in the league. Now, I'm not going to bash on that all too much. However, I think that we have to take that with a grain of salt because we don't know what Kotkaniemi can necessarily become in this franchise. Mm -hmm. But I do have a question for you guys because I was thinking to myself, I said, if the Habs were not to match this offer and they were to take the one and the three, they now have two firsts in, in 2021. They now have an, an additional third, and they, they have their second, so now they have two threes and probably some other picks in there mm-hmm. as well. Is there a... I, I know, you, Liam, you mentioned Hurdle. I know the name Dvorak came up. I know there's also Eichel looming somewhere in the picture. Do you guys believe that, you know, giving up two firsts, a guy like Paling, a guy like Norlinder, are, are those players that you guys, and I know, Jason, you're not necessarily a, a Habs fan, so it maybe doesn't hit home to you as much, but are these players that you think are worth it for the franchise to move in order to acquire a player? I know Eichel is a completely different story, but a guy like Hurdle, a guy like Dvorak, someone that can play down the middle and have a solid role in on this team? Well, I'll go first, but the thing is, you, you mentioned a guy like Norlander, like, listen, like you said, I'm, I'm not like a Habs guru, but like Norlander is the top of like the totem pole when it comes to Habs prospects. And right. a guy like Hurdle, you're not going to have to give up Norlander. You're going to have to give up, like you said, a first, uh, a third, and maybe a guy like Palin. You're not going to have to give up the big the big name prospects like Norlander. Um, however, you mentioned Eichel. Uh, Eichel is, is someone he's proven. He had his injury problems last year. We don't know if he's fully healthy, but... When playing, he's proven, you guys all know, he's easily a top 10 player in the league. Maybe not easily, you could debate anything, but easily a top top six, seven center in that range. And to have him with Suzuki, he's locked up. To have those two, he's still still very young. What is he? Maybe 25, 26, I want to say. I could be with No, no, I'm talking Eichel here. Eichel, okay. Yeah. And to have a guy like that paired up with Suzuki, obviously he's, he's... big money but like you you trade those guys in a heartbeat if, you, if you're mark bruce in my opinion i i kind of agree with that and i want to hear what liam has to say but you know 
a guy like Jack Eichel, to me, Eichel's the cream of the crop. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I mean, I, I I think you in in any deal for Eichel, you're gonna have to overpay a little bit. But you have to keep in mind that a lot of teams right now have a lot of leverage in a trade for Eichel. Now we haven't seen it go through, but the organization clearly kind of wants to keep him around. We're not really too sure on that front. I think they just want to keep him to get their price. Right. They're not going to undersell. They don't want to lose that trade because you can't lose that trade. Exactly. But it is very hard to not lose a trade when the player himself wants out. Yeah. So, you know, I don't think that they'll get the... the, I don't think they'll get exactly what they want, but I mean, in a heartbeat, and again, I... I'm giving up my R2 first. I'm giving up a guy like Norlinder. I'm giving up a guy like Paling. I mean, now there's there's other names that we can throw out there, guys like Jordan Harris and whatnot. But Gooley even. They yeah, I, I, I don't, honestly, personally, as a Habs fan who has seen this team go through, I've been through it th- through thick and thin with mm-hmm. this team. I think that having a guy like Jack Eichel as the 1C, a guy like Suzuki as the 2C, Amazing. and kind of build around that yeah, yeah. would be incredible. Now, is it unrealistic? Maybe a little bit. But I think that acquiring that other first is fairly valuable in this case. You have any uh, comments on that, Bob? Nah, I agree 100%. Like, again, it's definitely not something that you can just throw around. Like, this is something that's just going to happen out of the blue. Like, a guy like Hurdle is a second center, maybe fringe first. He can play first on power play. Yeah. Like, Eichel, that completely flips your franchise. Oh, absolutely. Giving up a lot. And like you said, you it's hard to lose a trade when you're getting a player like that. The superstar, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... Again, I don't know if Buffalo's keeping him around because Eichel wants to stay or if they want to get his price. But to me, it seems like Eichel doesn't want to play, which means his value is lower than it should be. Sam Reinhardt was the same case. Yeah. Reinhardt's a 30-goal scorer on Buffalo, a team that doesn't score goals, and they only got a first and prospect Devin Levi. So, again, I think we don't need to give up the whole world for Eichel. I think it could be two firsts two prospects, and a roster player. Again, Eichel is a top six, seven center in the league. He flips your franchise, but who knows? It's something that could be unrealistic, but it could happen as well. It's a big decision too, uh, right? Because, sorry to cut you no, off no, here, ahead. but what I was just going to say is that the Habs have a pretty solidified prospect pool that, that, that has showed a lot of promise, and it's very hard to just give up some of these players and 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 again, for a guy like Eichel, to me it's a no-brainer. But to a to a guy like Mark Bergevin, who drafted these guys for a reason, fairly high as well, second second round, even end of the back end of the first round. I mean, it's very hard to just give up these guys when a guy like Eichel, who's dealing with an injury, has kind of showed to be a little bit of a prima donna in a sense. And I'm not saying that Buffalo has treated him properly. I'm just saying that you can tell that he knows he knows what he's worth. He knows what he's worth, and he's gonna he wants to he's gonna he's essentially gonna play where he wants to play. Unless, unless Buffalo mistreats his situation and ships him wherever for the right price. But what I'm saying is that he knows he knows his worth. He knows the type of player he is. And you don't know necessarily, you know what kind of player you're getting, but you don't know necessarily what kind of off-ice player you're getting. And that's also something to keep in mind in a franchise that is kind of in a delicate slash, um, you know, yeah, delicate situation right now in terms of some of the players that they've brought in. And correct me if I'm wrong, Carolina's pick that the Habs would be receiving if they decide not to match would be 2022 first-round pick. I'm not even 100% sure on that. I think it's 2022, right? I think it's the upcoming year. Okay. So that's the upcoming year. Um, so here's what I'm going to drop on you guys. The 2022 NHL draft is being held in Montreal. Mm. They're not trading both of those picks. No. It would be the that, 2023. A first-rounder will be selected by the Canadians. Anyway. It will be Absolutely. the... Absolutely. doubt in my mind. It, and it will be a French player. So that's where, it, that's where the... 
dilemma is Buffalo wants the 2022 because it's a good draft. Yeah, I heard it is a good draft. Montreal's not trading both of those picks. It's going to be one in 2022, one in 2023 because they have to select first round. Mm-hmm. They have to. They don't have to. Like, in my opinion, they don't have to. But no, they have but, to as a franchise. But they will. They will. It's been, Exactly. So Jack Eichel, um, look, he needs that surgery, um, the disc replacement. Um, it's in his neck. Yeah. It's a serious injury. It's a, it's a surgery that's never been done, the one that he wants. The Sabres don't want him to do it. He wants to do it. The NHL is getting involved because no one's budging. He fired his agents, which Friedman says they didn't do anything wrong. He just wanted a new, a new guy in Pat Brisson, who is Brisson. top of the top. Um, he's best friends or very good friends with Mark Bergevin. But that's not, the, that's not the case here because you're still negotiating with Buffalo, not Pat Brisson, because right. he's not a free agent. Anyways, I would be re- I'd be willing to give up anything for Jack Eichel, not named Cole Caulfield and Suzuki, obviously. Which is kind of tough, right? If I'm losing Kotkaniemi, the only way I'm happy as a Habs fan is if it's Jack Eichel, the return. And, not and, the return, but the replacement. And we, we've talked about this, and I texted you, and I, and I said, I think that your sights might, your, you might have your sights set too high. Mm-hmm. Because you said to me, Mark, if, if we, don't, we either match and keep KK, or we don't match and get Eichel. And I said, look, it might be too, I say unrealistic, it might be too hard of a, it might be too hard to actually complete, but I, I do kind of agree with you in the sense that I think that losing KK, a 21-year-old, and, and again, I, I still stand by what I said. I don't think they should match. I think the money's too high, and I think it's too much of a risk. But if we do keep him and we do match, then you know we move on with our lives and we say, he's here for $6.1 million. Let's see what he can do next year. Is he going to put up a 50-point season? Is he going to put up a 60-point season? Now, that might be setting my sights too high, but I do think that he does have that potential for sure. I think he does. Yeah, he has a chip on his shoulder. He needs to prove something now. And mm-hmm. He's getting paid money that's over $6 million. You got to prove yourself because it's only one year contract. Like, he's going to need to earn that back again. The Canadians will not match another $6.1 million deal if he's only putting up 10 goals. That's just my opinion. Mm-hmm. You could even trade him after one year, technically. If you sign the one year deal, you wait until a full year to sell him. He's still RFA or to not sell him, to trade him. You can do it technically. So if the if the kid's still not happy, or if he doesn't perform properly, obviously his value is going to be low. Yeah. But he's not stuck to you because he's RFA. You don't have to give him the the qualifying offer. There's ways out of it. It's a sticky situation. It's not an overpayment by six million. I told you just yesterday. It's yeah. an overpayment by three million. So, no matter More what the less. Habs are going to offer him, let's say two years at three million per. So that's dedicating six million dollars to him. But now Carolina's forcing the Habs to dedicate $6 million to him in one year rather than two because of the offer sheet. So you're overpaying by $3 million rather than six because people are saying, oh, $6 million. No, no, it's three because you were going to pay him three no matter what this year. So you're adding another three because you waited so long to offer him a contract and Carolina's making you pay. Right. But, you know, and I was just kind of like, because I, I want to I look at this contract from a different light and I was kind of kind of put it on a player from Tampa. I mean, again, not, not the same situation at all. The money is not even... Well, it's, it's fairly similar. But a guy like Anthony Sorelli, right? He's getting paid... Jason, how, how much is it? 4.8. $4.8 million a year. And, and to, in my eyes, with the role that he plays on Tampa, and Jason, you can, you can chime in here, I think he's worth that money. But, but we can both agree that I think Anthony Sorelli plays more of a role... The, more of a more of a, a 
a team role as opposed to putting up points, right? You're you're not getting the goals and you're not getting 65, 70 point seasons. You're not even getting, what are you getting on, on around like a 50 point season type of thing? Yeah, exactly. He's also, he finished, I want to say last year, third or fourth in Selkie voting. You're, you're getting a guy, you, you just know he might not, he might have an off season in where he only puts up, let's say 40 points, but you know, he's going to be a huge asset on defense for you guys. He could play the second line role. He could play the third line role. He's a penalty killer. The thing with Kalkinemi is he was brought in. Everyone had the hopes was he's going to turn the franchise upside down. This was before Suzuki came in, obviously. He's going to be that point getter. You know, he obviously hasn't lived up to it. But the thing, the difference is like you just, you know what you're getting with Sorelli. Well, that's what I was going to say too. Because the thing is, sorry, sorry to cut you off. But I was just going to say that Sorelli, I mean, like you can kind of, and again, I'm not comparing the play style at all. I'm kind of just looking at the money. And I like the money on Sorelli's part. I do not like this RFA or sorry, this qualifying offer. The problem is though, is that in a guy like Sorelli, you can move him around, right? You can play him at the 1C, you can play him at the 4C, you can play him on the power play, you can play him on the penalty kill. The thing is with Kotkaniemi is that his deployment is very fragile. He's been shown to be, he, they've pulled him out of the lineup game seven, right? So, I mean, they don't really know how they want to use him properly. And they're not using him properly to the point where his point production and his deployment has not been there. And that's where I have a problem with the money. And that's why I don't believe that they should match. A guy like Sorelli, you know he's going to like play his role. You know he's going to perform. It's not all about points with him. You can see yeah. a PK1 player in the playoffs. He's shutting down power play ones. Let's say against the Islanders, for example, he was amazing that whole series. He shut down Barzal, shut down all those guys who could score goals, and the Islanders struggled. And a guy like Sorelli, he plays his role, and he deserved that contract. Absolutely. Do you remember just in a few episodes ago when I said that Mark Bergevin screwed over the Carolina Hurricanes franchise? Yep, Because they couldn't sign Nadelkovic, they couldn't sign Hamilton. Remember when I mentioned that? Well, it... Yeah, I do, I do remember you saying that, and and you, I just before you continue mm-hmm. what you're gonna say, I, I wanted to point out that you you kind of brought something up, and we've been over this a couple times, but you were like, I really do think that Mark Bergevin kind of scarred the Carolina Hurricanes, and I kind of chuckled, and you know, kind of you kind of had to explain it to me, but your reasoning makes a hundred percent sense here, right? You look at this franchise franchise that I've I've used this word a few times now, but it's so fragile in terms of the where they want to spend their money and how they want to use their money, and. To the point where I almost think that a lot of pe- a lot of people think that this was to get back at Montreal for the Aho the the Aho yeah. uh, offer sheet. Caroline is a team that spends money on players that they know will perform based on statistics of previous years, and they didn't even do it to a goalie who was in Vesna voting, Nedeljkovic, and they didn't do it to a top five defenseman. Not only defenseman. Vesna, just also rookie rookie of the year voting too. Yeah, but he had it's insane. He had amazing numbers. Yeah, it's crazy. And a Norris Trophy defenseman, they didn't give them money. They offered, they sorry, sorry to cut yeah. you up, but they offered Dougie Hamilton six point eight million dollars. Yeah. That is seven hundred thousand dollars more than what they offered Kotkaniemi. Where does I don't understand? And now they give an offer sheet to a kid who hasn't proved anything in the National Hockey League. Why? Because they took it to heart. They took, they got, they put their personal issues in the way of business here. This is not a we want to improve our hockey team offer sheet. This is, we want to screw over the Montreal Canadiens and Mark Bergeron because of what it did to us in 2019. They have no money uh, like in terms of signing bonuses now. They can't sign anyone because of all of those signing bonuses, that's part of Aho's contract. That's what I was going to say too. $20 signing bonus. What number is Sebastian Aho wear? Number 20. Why on their Twitter is, it's Comte Officiel de Hurricane de la Caroline? 
Why yeah, is it that? And, and they're making the French tweets and they're putting the French Uno tweets. reverse card or Uno reverse card. Uh, exact speech. The exact quote uh, where he said Sebastian Aho wants to be a Montreal Canadian the and they replaced it with Esprit Kotkaniemi wants to be a Carolina Hurricane. Why is that? Because they took it to heart and now the Habs are paying for it because of a team who and an owner, in my opinion, because it's for sure his idea. Tom yeah, who Absolutely. took it to heart and saw a team that said, you know what? They don't think I can afford players or well, I'm going to go take their 21-year-old kid. And look, that's exactly what's happening. The biggest losers out of all this, the Montreal Canadiens and Mark By Bergeron. far, it's not close. They took their time on this kid. They waited way too long. They lowballed him. And now they're going to have to pay. I don't know why they didn't just give him a two-year... This, again, my opinion, I don't think that they should have signed him long-term. I was looking at maybe a two-year at 3.75, 3.5 max. You overpay the kid a little bit. You tell him, look, we're going to give you the money. You're going to go out there next season and really show us that you're worth this money. And then you'll get your long contract. But I don't know why they took their time. And now Montreal's paying for it. Well, if you look at the RFAs across the board, you have Pedersen, you have Hughes, you have Kachuk, and there's Kotkaniemi. There's a few others that I'm probably missing. I'm sure Mark Bridgman thought, well, Kotkaniemi is the last one that's going to get offer sheeted, right? Well, in, in, right. Well, I if agree. there's going to be mean, an offer sheet, it's going to be, be Pedersen, Elias or, Pedersen Hughes. or Hughes. Yeah, absolutely. Anyways, I'm going to go through our sponsors real quick while you guys think of other topics. So this episode is once again brought to you by World's Best Media. Check them out on Instagram. Nick takes great pictures, promotional videos for companies. Go check them out. DM them if you need anything. World's best media without the O on Instagram. And we would also like to take the time to shout out our good friends at Signature Pro. They've put together weekly memorabilia charity auctions that include a variety of items with star bids of $10, $5, and even $1. Every Friday auctions begin, which lasts till the following Wednesday at 8 p.m., and 15% of the proceeds are donated to a new charity every week. Since the beginning of 2021, they've given back $2,046 per week. Make sure to visit them at signaturepro.bidandraise.com to start bidding now. That's signaturepro.bidandraise.com to start bidding now. I have one topic of conversation here. Go ahead. That kind of, you know, gives Kotkaniemi the benefit of the doubt through all, all of this. Mm-hmm. It's that this kid knows how to perform in the playoffs. He knows how to perform in the playoffs. And I know, again, I'm going to refer to Tampa again because we have someone here that follows that team really closely. But you look at like a you look at a guy like Yanni Gord, a guy like Blake Coleman, a guy like a guy like um, Blake, uh, Barclay Goudreau. I'm not saying they, they know how to perform in the regular season too. They know their role and they know their job. They know what they have to do on the ice. But the thing is that when it comes to the playoffs, we we've been over this. That they were a huge reason as to why that that team went back to back. And I know Kotkaniemi plays nowhere near the same style. But the fact that he's able to show up in the playoffs and put up some big-time goals in some big-time situations is something that a lot of teams don't get. Teams like the Toronto Maple Leafs and Austin Matthews. Austin Matthews gets paid so much money to put goals on, on the board in, re- in the regular season. Never shows up in the playoffs. Same for Mitch Marner. And that goes... The, the list goes... There's a few other teams that I can that I can speak on behalf of. And yeah, I just wanted to gi- I just wanted to give Kotkaniemi a little bit of praise here because it's not something that that's easy to do, especially in these big heated moments of of some Stanley Cup playoffs. Still twenty one. Sorry. To- yeah, he's still twenty one. He's twenty one. He tied the record. People people forget that, right? He tied Gretzky. I mean, in a lot more games, but still, he tied a he tied a- and Crosby. Yeah. <laughs> so Anyways, basically, they're the same player. Talking a bit about money here because Habs had twelve mil. Mark. Sorry. Give him twelve mil. <laughs> yeah. Double it. <laughs> I, I say give him at least four more than whatever McDavid's making. Who is that guy, anyways? Well, McDavid does nothing in the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. So. Who is that guy? <laughs> anyways, Habs fans, we love to talk about uh, money because when players don't perform, they go straight to their contracts. Well, that's the media for you. That's the media. So let's let's take this scenario into account. Jonathan Drouin. 
now we're gonna talk about him. By the way, shout out to him for raising a hundred thousand dollars for the for the charity, the golf yeah. tournament. Good for him. Good I'm stuff. happy. I'm glad he's back. Excited to see him on the ice. He was our highest paid forward. How much is is it a five point five million dollar contract or six point five? Five and a half. Okay. So he makes five and a half. He scored two goals last season. Okay. Everyone got that? Yeah. Five and a half. He scored two goals. When he was scoring two goals and doing nothing, everyone, oh, this guy, get him out of here. Five and a half is way too much, blah, blah, blah. People forgot about it. Recency bias. They made the Stanley Cup Finals. Everyone happy. Oh, we want him back. We need him back. Right when Kotkaniemi gets his money. And again, I know it's an overpayment, but right when the money shows up, get him out of town. We want our picks. Why is that? You have... Paying players should be a good thing. This just proves to some fans, look, Carolina sees something in this kid. And clearly we don't. Clearly the Habs don't. They see something that they're willing to pay and risk their money on to have this kid on their team. So pain for sometimes paying for a kid is a good thing. But, and I know it's a lot now, but in the future, if you can get him at a long term around five million to see if he becomes that two C or a solid three C, you're paying Deno five. I'm not saying cocking names become Deno, but if you're paying those guys around that money, what's Armia making? A lot of money. Isn't it around four? I think it's three point six or something like. So weird if you can like get that. if you can get Kakanyemi at five, a guy you drafted third overall was supposed to be your second line center, maybe even your first when you drafted him. What's the big issue? Right, but I also don't understand why Carolina, like you said, that you they see something in him, and and I don't disagree with you, and I think a lot of teams would take a shot on him. But the thing is, is that first line center Sebastian Aho, second line center Vincent Trocheck, third line center Jordan Stahl, fourth line center, if I'm not mistaken, a guy like um like I. Is well, Regardless, we're not putting Kakanyemi in the four seats. Well, that's it, right? So, no. so, so they clearly not see a spot for him, but where? Or they know something we don't about Stall. Yeah, maybe, maybe Stall's just gonna get bumped down to the fourth mm-hmm. line. But why would they want to pay their third line center six point one million dollars? That's the thing. Why is it, and why don't the Habs see why they want to do it? There has to be a legitimate reason, and I know you want to talk about this as well. But the Habs have not made a single statement. They haven't made a statement because I think they want Carolina to sweat and think, oh, we're actually gonna have to pay this kid. And not play their cards because if they start saying, um, "Look, we're going to match," then obviously they're those picks when they if they try and trade them, the value's nothing. And if they say, "Look, we're thinking about it," then every team that they're trying to negotiate for those picks has extreme leverage. They already mm-hmm. do have leverage, but they have extreme leverage if they start talking. I look. I have no idea what's going to happen. I personally, if if I'm Jeff Molson and Mark Bridgman goes into this season. Losing Deneau, Kotkaniemi, and not being able to replace either one of them since last year. Since last year as GM. If you want to make him present the Falky operations, go ahead. But he should not be right. And I'm I'm the last guy who wants this guy out. I, I really like Mark Bergevin. I'm just saying he had a you, rough... You're the second coming of Mark Bergevin. He had a You look rough, like him a little bit, actually. Like, no, I don't. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> um, it's the size, Mark. He had a rough offseason. For a team, usually when you win the Stanley Cup, you lose. Look at Tampa Bay. You win the Stanley Cup. You lose some players. It gets tough. Chicago. They lost players. Boston. They lost players. The Kings. They lost players. Start go down. But you won. You won. They lost, and they lost. Dano, maybe Kotkaniemi. Weber's out the year. Byron's out. This offseason, and the start of the season upcoming is going to be very tough. If you lose Kotkaniemi and aren't able to replace him with a significant player, 
we also don't want to be part of that short list in the NHL of teams that made the finals and didn't make the playoffs. A la Nashville Predators. Yeah. There you go. It's just it's embarrassing. Like if we're part of that list. It's looking like that. If you look at this team, it's looking exactly like well, that. Well, look at their look at our decor. I mean, look, I'm not I'm not one to bash on this team because I, I think I think a lot of people it goes unnoticed that this team actually has a lot to prove and a lot a lot left to do. But I mean thinking that David Savard is gonna replace Weber is 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 ridiculous it's not happening and i mean no come well, on. Played I mean, horrible in the regular season yeah he did he did but i mean that's a, that's not to say that and weber brings just a completely different presence he, he's a captain yeah. mm-hmm. he's he's a goal he's a, he's a defensive goal scorer he can yeah score goals when he hits the net on the power play yeah, exactly. <laughs> like i saw on twitter someone say just take the picks and retool are you crazy yeah, what do you mean retool at this point? Last because time I, they did that, people were going crazy retooling because the Habs can't lose in Montreal. Well, well that's the that problem. Can't be a thing, and that's a huge and that's a huge topic of of discussion because at the end of the day, Jeff Molson is very scared. There is a huge reason, and I don't want to go into the, the the language and all that stuff, but there's a huge reason that there are French players on this team, and a big reason for that is because if there are no French players, the fan the French fans will not be happy, and Jeff Molson truly believes that he will not sell out the Bell Center. You either retool once and then go for it all out or you completely restart from scratch. But Mark, there have been so many organizations in this league. Like, let me just throw out the name, the Florida Panthers. They went through a bunch. uh, I'm going to say seven seasons straight. Correct me if I'm wrong of just being bottom five, bottom 10 in the league. Just rebuild. Don't retool four times. You rebuild once. Retooling is not the way to go if you actually want to make noise at one point in this league. You can't just continue to retool because retooling is like bringing in players but losing players at the same time, and it doesn't really. You just end up being part of the middle pack. Exactly. Which the Habs have kind of been the last five years. Yeah, even more. I mean, when have they really? When have they really gone into the playoffs? I mean, I think when they won the Atlantic Division, twenty. Yeah. I think it was twenty. Yeah, I, was gonna I don't say know 14. why sixteen was in my head. Yeah. Exactly. Like I mean, it was yeah, and they lost the Rangers. Yeah, but yeah. exactly. But but the thing is that th- this team has so much left to prove, and by retooling w- once every so often, you're not you're not going to get to that again. They made it to the Stanley Cup final, fine, and you know we can all sit here and agree that that was a very I'm not it was a, it was a fun run, it was a good run, and they showed what they can do. But it was there was a, a lot of luck. It was a lucky run. Jason, where do you where do you see Carolina finishing in the Metro? I see Carolina as. One or two, if I'm being honest, they're just so deep. They're deep. Well, I mean, they lost Dougie. It's a big hit. Let's see if they add Kakinyemi. I mean, not that it makes a huge difference. No, no, I'm just saying now you have because I'm just saying the Habs received those picks. They also got rid of Mrazic for for Freddie Anderson. They lost Dougie Hamilton. They lost Nadelkovic. But that pick is going to be practically almost a second. Yeah, you're you're right. So because because I I agree with Jason. I see them finishing very high in that division. I actually, I'm going to disagree. I actually, because I think they lost their best defenseman. They lost their number one goalie, Mrazic, who I'm a big fan of. I feel like chemistry plays a big role. And when you yeah. have big role players, your team takes a hit. And I think the Metro is a strong division. There's still Pittsburgh. There's still Washington. There's the, still Island. the Islanders. Philly retooled. I mean, they did a bit of a retooling, but yeah. Defensively a lot too. We like. What Philly did was the definition of a, just a quick retool. I mean, yeah. mostly, obviously, but like they just they got what they needed and they're going to see yeah. how it goes. I saw that their defense was terrible last year and they added two great defensemen. 
um, in Ellis and Ristolainen. And they brought in a guy for the power play in Yandel, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And they got rid of Nolan Patrick. They, they bring in a guy like Cam Atkinson who knows how to score. Yeah. I mean, they're a good team. But, I mean, just going back to the fact that losing big players takes a hit on your team. Take, for example, the St. Louis Blues. They win the Stanley Cup and decide not to re-sign their number one defenseman, Alex Petrangelo. And they signed Tory Crew to replace him. It didn't work out. They, they became a mid-team and they got swept in the first round this year. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you guys. And you know what? Back, back to the point on Carolina. I mean, I, you know, I, I said that they can finish 1-2 and I, and I still stand by that. But I mean, you, your, your argument is, is yeah. very valid. valid yeah. It's very valid. And the thing is, is that, but, but let, let's take the worst case scenario for the Montreal Canadiens team who will not match this offer. If they do not match this offer and Carolina ends up doing well, 20th plus 20th plus and i mean 20 you're not picking I, I don't even know I, how to I say just, because you're not you're not you're not you're not picking any player that's going to end up being a franchise player 20 plus especially in the Payling. nhl that's it or you miss or you miss and and because you said that they're gonna well because i agree with you they're going to pick in this first round especially in montreal they probably won't move the pick i have a scenario for you guys shoot let's say someone offers sheets uh philip zadina to a one-year, $4 million contract. Does Detroit accept? Do they match or do they let him oh, walk? God. Detroit is, is a team where, like, you, I think you just have to match. He's like... You see? Yeah. But what, what, what has the Dina done that Kotkaniemi hasn't? Well, nothing, but you just look at... Sorry, bomb, go on. Yeah, sorry. Like, they're just a fully rebuilding team. Like, yeah. nothing to lose here. They have all the cap in the world, I believe. And they're they're well, yeah. Team. But it's the same constraints because you'd be RFA. Okay, but yeah. you have to keep in mind that when you have Bobby Ryan for one mil and you have mm-hmm. uh, Heronic who's still on his rookie contract, and you bring in Mark Stahl, I mean, they don't they don't have the big contracts that we do. No, no, I know. But how do you value this player to your franchise? Do you believe that Yasperi Kotkaniemi I value him should the exact be same a, amount. a building stone? It, you're if I'm Mark Bergevin, I look at this. If my team wants to be successful in five years, I have Suzuki, Kotkaniemi, Caulfield, the kids that were that were brought into the system, that were acclimated into the playoffs to be our guys in the future. So if someone offer sheets them, they're my guy. I want them. I value them the same as if Zadina's getting offer sheeted. No matter who I have around them, I'm, if I'm paying Jonathan Drury $5.5 million to not play, I want this kid to be getting paid because I want him to be my future. I think it's just different because the Canadians... You adjust around him, in my opinion. You adjust around your problem. I guess it's it's just it's such a different situation just because the Habs just made the finals while Detroit has no yeah. expectations going into the season. And he's not gonna get off for sheeted. He will not get yeah, off for no. sheeted. But he he's not even up yet. But right? but he hasn't played he didn't play that first. I don't think he didn't. But also yeah. keep in mind, I mean, both these players have haven't really proved much in the NHL. I, I Karkin Yemi is is a little bit above him for sure, but not not very much in terms of what he's proven in in, in the league. Well, I've never seen Zadina in the playoffs. Okay. Playoffs is a huge... Um, yeah, but like, but I, I Zadina is more of a goal scorer than Kakiyemi is. Yeah. Regular but they season. But they knew that. Into the, into the draft, we knew that. Yeah. But again, he's on Detroit. Yeah. Who's around to help him out? Like, exactly. They're a very young team. They have well, they lost Manta too, so they have Larkin. <laughs> yeah. But... Bertuzzi, all, all these guys, but like, again, I, I see what you're saying and how Zadina is worth as much as to Detroit as Coca Navy's worth to Montreal. But at the end of the day, Montreal's a winning team while Detroit's not. 
And Detroit has all the cap in the world. So. I don't think Montreal's a winning team if they lose Kotkaniemi and don't replace really? him. Really? If they don't replace, if they replace him with Dvorak, I don't think they're a winning team. Oh, look, I think Dvorak's a very... And I want to hear what you guys have I'm to say. I'm not saying because Dvorak is the same or worse than Kotkaniemi. I'm just saying into the future, they're not a winning team. So, uh, Dvorak, to me, would be a perfect third yeah. C with Kotkaniemi and Suzuki. That's what I want Dvorak, not to replace... Caught Kenyemi as I two see then you have Evans and I don't know. I no, I agree. And I, I was about to say that and I was gonna ask you guys, I was gonna say where what where do you see Dvorak fitting in this lineup? And I was gonna say three C. Now if you ask me Hurdle, I would say two, two C. C. Yeah, yeah. If you ask me Jack Eichel, I'd say one oh, C, yeah. right? You know, I mean I, I think Bergevin has his work cut out for him. And I think that a lot of what this season is gonna offer for, for Habs fans next season is riding on this offer sheet. I really do. Hundred percent. If, look, if you value the player the way you valued him when you drafted him, you match. Absolutely. But now we don't know how they value him because but, they scratched him. Okay, yeah, yes, exactly. But also you go look at his stats and you tell me, year one, 34 points. Fine, no problem. You're a rookie. You're 17, great, turning 18. It's a great season. No problem. Great. Then you have eight points in 36 games. Yeah. It then felt, you have and that's because 20 of, points in 56 That's because they games. told him to bulk up. They told him to bulk up. The kid couldn't even skate. Yeah, like, I don't know why. He was wobbly. They really, they really brought an approach to this kid that just didn't work. Because he should Because and and I and I know everyone on this call right now can agree with me. He should have never, ever played his first season that young. His team in Finland was so bad. Like I watched some of their like their games when he went back on loan. Remember when he the went on Pove loan? Asset or whatever. Yeah, that team was horrible. Really like, horrible. Like they were really bad. I think he had all their goals or something. All the he 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 did very well. So they definitely took that into account. Like obviously, if he's playing the KHL with Datsuk, it's a different story. You send them back there, let him play. But his team was really, really bad. His dad was his coach. Really? <laughs> then he got fired. So there was definitely definitely implications about the team that they wanted to decide: do we send him back with his dad? Just like Galchenyuk, his dad was training him in the summer. And then we know how that worked out. You know what I mean? There was for sure things that we don't know about. And look, did they rush him? Probably. Probably. Not probably. I think, I think for sure. At the time, at the time, they needed a center, third overall pick, shiny new toy. I don't know why they didn't just trade down personally. Because Arizona was going to take him instead of Hayton. Looking back at that, I would take Hayton all day. I'd take a shot. Quinn Hughes. You know, People weren't talking about Kachuk. They were talking about Zadina. That's the thing. If you yeah. look back at yeah. it, Zadina fell. Now it's easy to say. Um, oh, it's oh, very Kachuk, easy to say Kachuk. now. No one was talking about Kachuk. Well, that's it's, not true though. Because... No, they were talking about him because he was the most NHL ready out of yeah. that whole draft. But it was when the Habs were picking. It was Zadina or Kakinemi. Who are you going for? The goal scorer or the center? I just wish Svechnikov dropped. Yeah, there was no <laughs> to one three. Well, quickly, if you're redrafting, who are you taking? Dalene, Svechnikov, or Kachuk? Like, what do you mean, like? First. First overall, I'm taking Svetch. Yeah, for sure. And then Dalene or Kachuk? Dalene, Dalene. I'm still going Dalene, yeah. Yeah, I, I think Dalene. I go Dalene. I think, think Dalene uh, something to prove. You know, do you, if someone offer sheets Dalene, okay, but seven you, million dollars for one year. Absolutely. But Are you, you asking see, me if I'm at? But yeah, well, yeah but but Dalene's actually you. You also have to take into Dalene was a minus what thirty. Yes, oh, yeah. but but the thing <laughs> is, is that Mark Mark when I watch Kotkaniemi play hockey, and this is nothing like. I, I have a ton of respect for him. But you know how there's just those hockey players that just look good on the ice? Look, Sometimes he looks like dominant. 
It's inconsistent. But it's normal. but it's we very it's very on and off. It's very yeah, and it's more off than on. You know, like Armia. Okay, but I mean, I'm not expecting much from Armia. You know what I mean? He's making four million. Yes, and we you both agree I mean? that that contract was an overpay. Yeah. But, but I, I was seeing all over Twitter and Instagram that that Armia was that was such an underrated contract, and I was like, "Well, <laughs> were you actually? Yeah, you didn't see that on no? on, on Instagram. NHL discussion posted uh, Armia got this much money, and then I was like, "Oh, let's see what people have to say about this." Everyone's like, "What a contract, <laughs> so underrated." I was, like, I was like, "I was like, people going crazy." I was like, "Do you watch my like?" Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Twitter was, going crazy for this. So it was like W, Every, W, yeah, St. Louis. Yeah. Let's go, Armstrong. You're Some people goat. have a... Di- but you know what? Some people have a different... Because the thing is, is not now, I know we're kind of just veering on different topics, which is fine. But you look at the defenseman, the, the D market in, in the NHL now. And I mean, I, I don't know who's up for contract next. If I'm not mistaken, it's a guy like Charlie McAvoy. But that guy's going to get like $10 million. For sure. Yeah, especially where Boston's going. He's going to be pushing 11 next year. Yeah, it's it's nuts. It's nuts because you look at it's what other players. The market, the defensive it is, market. It is. It is. It. But it's crazy because it's inflated in a flat cap. Yeah, it makes no sense. It literally makes no sense. What's going on? But how is Seth Jones making nine and a half? Wierenski's making nine point two. And and then Makar's making. Nine. Last and season we were talking about Petrangelo saying, "Oh, he's not going to get money. It's it's a flat cap. It's a flat." And cap. how much did he make one in year, the end? Like eight, eight something. Yeah, eight, that's eight, which eight. is low. And, and now and now everyone's like, "That's one a year after steal. that." Everyone, you know what? Let's give all these guys money. Screw it. it. It's really weird. Like it is weird. The inflation on defense in the last two years has been. But but can we talk about the fact and we'll bring it to, back to Kakiemi here for a second? Mm-hmm. I mean, the six point one million dollars in a flat cap. Because that, that you have to take yeah. that into account. Yeah, but let's look at Gallagher. He kicks in a six million dollar deal for another six years. I know. I know how Jason up. feels about that. Contract. A guy who's beaten up, whose hands don't work. They don't work anymore. They're bricks. They're not hands. <laughs> they are. They're bricks. not. They're, they're stones. He's made six years. Another six million dollars. Okay, but I know Jason agrees with me. He deserves the money. No, nope, it's not even deserves it. It was an inevitable contract. Yeah, you don't let a guy like that yeah, who's yeah. literally came out of the fourth round from, if I'm not mistaken, something Giants. I don't know Vancouver, Vancouver Giants. Yeah. Look, this guy was one of those kids that it was like, oh, the Habs actually developed a player. Yeah, they actually developed a player, and he showed so much promise in this in the, on this team to the point where it was, you you couldn't not give him the money. Oh, you couldn't. He's so he well respected. You know it. what He's I mean? Probably gonna be the captain. Yeah, it's his role. He's a leadership player. You you can't lose a guy like Gallup. I'm just saying, yeah, you you're gonna have to pay the guys at some point. You and will. If it's now, and you have to bite the bullet because of the mistake you made. And you have to pay the, or you have to suffer the consequences of waiting so long to sign the kid. Right. But now I have a question, though. But now I have a question for all of you because it's actually scaring me. Legitimate. It's legitimately scaring me because if I'm not mistaken, Nick Suzuki's up for contract next year. I don't think Suzuki's going to want to go through what Kakiyama is going through. He's probably looking at this. All the fans already turned on this kid. Everyone's turned. Oh, he doesn't want so to play for us. you're telling me he's not going to come back? No, I'm telling you that he's going to sign before. He, he hits yeah, I think he signs yeah, but, mid-season like some of yeah, yeah. yeah, but for eight, how much money? It's going to be a lot. It's going to be eight by eight plus. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It's nine? Well, I'm sorry, but if, if, if Kakiyama is getting 6.1, Suzuki deserves um, a $15 but, million. Dollars. No, but you can't compare an offer sheet to a negotiation. Fair enough. You can't. You, you're right. You cannot. But the thing is, is that if the Habs match, then he knows his value in this on this team, right? Because if the Habs Again, match... it's a different situation because you're but, matching to keep the player because you're forced to. But you're not forced to because there's compensation for losing him. Yeah, but uh, a 20, 20th overall... Don't get... Third round pick okay, but if the Habs don't... But what I'm saying is that if the Habs don't value him, yeah, then they will let him walk, no problem. Yeah. But if they do value him, they'll match. And if they do value him, they'll match him for 6.1. And then that, then Suzuki looks at it and goes, well, look, they valued KK to the point where they were willing to match, which which in my eyes, I'm talking from Suzuki's point of view, which in my eyes means that they, va- they probably value me 
more than him, right? Well, I think Suzuki should be comparing himself to Kakinami. Should be comparing himself to Pedersen. Whatever Pedersen gets, he he looks at and he tries to get around that. I personally, and this is this, I don't want to get ripped for this comment, but I prefer Nick Suzuki long term over Pedersen. I do. Ooh, bold take. Damn, that's a very bold. I, take. I know, I know. The guy on my left doesn't like that. That's a bombs very bold take. Yeah, bombs of Pedersen. Well, guy. he's on top. He's like on top. Oh no. He's yeah, my, my, right, right over yeah. there, top right. Oh no, <laughs> the wrong way. Pedersen has all the skill in the world, but Suzuki, yeah. I mean, I think he's great hockey player. I think Nick Suzuki's we criminally Nick underrated. Suzuki. Oh well, he's gonna be a one C. He's gonna be amazing. Whatever. I'm just saying, you pay you pay the kids, where they deserve to be paid. Yeah, it's when they shit. deserve it. Yeah, but th- you don't have the choice here. No, you don't. You don't have that. the choice. That's the problem with qualifying contracts. You're coming out uh, when you're 21 years old and expecting to get what eight plus. Or- do you want to see him earn that money? Or do you want to let him walk and have Carolina have your third overall? No, you're not wrong. But what I'm scared of, and I want to hear what you guys have to say too, is that if he if we match this offer and he goes into the season and 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 has another underwhelming season of 35, 40 points, yeah, then you start panicking. Well, well, yeah, but do you but want to be RFA. put in that position to panic? It's not the end of the world. He's still RFA. You don't have to sign him. You could trade his rights, and I'm sure you'll get something. I'm sure Carolina will come back and say, you know what, we'll take him. <laughs> You know but, what I mean? Also, I have a question. What was the signing bonus that the Habs offered Aho? How much money was the signing bonus? It was many millions. See, so that so I'm curious because if 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 Carolina that. actually wanted Akinyemi, why would they why would they not offer a signing bonus? Because Jeff Molson could pay that signing bonus like it's nothing. They couldn't. That's the difference. It's not how rich your franchise is. Mm-hmm. Carolina is not a rich franchise. But also, I mean, Jeff and Molson Jeff Molson is also cheap. He'll pay the the bonus is like it's nothing. These the, the Esca bottles sell yeah. for four dollars. Don't want to risk their, their salary. <laughs> the, the beer eleven bucks yeah. a bottle when you go to the games. Holy cow! Okay, I'm trying to find the Aho Avishi, but all it's cock and yummy. <laughs> anyway, no, I mean, I mean, look, it, this is such a controversial topic because it could actually go any way. You either don't match, you get the one and the three, you call it a day, and you move those picks and certain players for another player, or you match and hope for the best. I just rather take my shot. I I love Kotkaniemi. I vouch for him every time we come on this podcast. What was the signing bonus? Yeah. I saw that face he made. You guys want to guess what the signing bonus was? It's so what was the original offer sheet though? Do you know? The offer sheet was No, it was under that cuz then Wasn't it like 7 something? 8. It was 8. I don't know it. 8. It was right under that that floor. So they didn't have to give up three. I had it. No, I lost it. I literally had it. Uh, eight point four five four. So literally right under. So and the signing bonus was four five five. Then you're over. And the signing bonus? Well, guess it's the first calendar year. So one year. So the first calendar year, the whole bonus goes in. Is it upwards of five million? I don't want to tell you guys. Just say it. It's because some some bonuses go like you'll get a bit here, a bit there. But right, they right. But it's first calendar year, the full year, you get yeah. it right away. How much? Twenty one million dollars. Right. You see now now if you're Tom Dundon. You take that to heart. You understand how they screwed them over? Well, I mean, when you have to pay the guy $21 million in the up first front. first year, yeah. But no. but they legitimately lost all their ticket sales just because of that. No, no, it's proven they did. Holy cow. They offered Kokanyemi a million times less in signing bonuses. They offered him 20 bucks. Wow. That's insane. That is insane. So, yeah, that's that's the dilemma. That's why they it's pure revenge. Yeah, it is pure revenge. Anyways. We're reaching the 15-minute mark. Yeah. I'll end it off on this bold take. What are we today? Thursday? The so the deadline's second. tomorrow. Okay. 
Oh, wow. Big day. I say the Montreal Canadiens tomorrow will have a nice tweet saying that they have matched the offer sheet. How's that bold? No, that's not my bold take. <laughs> oh. <laughs> my bold take that they match the offer sheet. Then we're going to get the nice presser from Mark Bergevin, who's going to go in. And he's clearly going to say he didn't want to lose the personal battle. He's going to show his big biceps, and he's going to say, <laughs> "This is you're not going to come and poach my player. That's it. That's your hot take. They're gonna, they're gonna literally. Everyone's stressing over who we're gonna trade, what picks we're gonna trade, and he's gonna go in there and say, "You don't touch my players. He's mine. Done." And they waited the full seven days, added suspense to it like they always do, and everyone's gonna stress out for no reason. And he's gonna, he's gonna stay. Yes, we'll see. And he's, you know what I mean? I feel like it's always like that. Everyone goes crazy. Eichel, this, Dvorak, this, Hurdle, this. He's gonna go in with his big biceps, Mark, and Marshall Kane's polo. And he's gonna say he's my player. Get out. If there's not one thing that you learned about this organization is that there is way too much speculation. Exactly. It's like it's like one thing happens and all of a sudden the Habs are trading for Sidney Crosby and Alex Ovechkin and Nikita Kucherov and Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid and all these players. It's 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 ridiculous. For all but, we know, Mark Bridgman was at Club Med sipping a pina colada. He checks his phone and it's Tom Dundon saying. Haha, I just offer sheet at Kotkaniemi. And he says, okay, I'll wait the seven days. Don't say anything to anyone. Not even to my assistants. Not even to my general man- assistant general manager. No one. Not even Trevor Timmons. I'm going to go there, wait the seven days, finish my pina colada, and match it. <laughs> That's exactly... And he's going to go in front of the media and say, this is my player. Don't touch him. <laughs> That's my bold take. I don't know if it's that bold. But as you guys have bolder takes... Seeing that they trade for, I think they're going to trade for Eichel Dvorak and Thomas Hurdle, or they sign Galchenyuk to a multi-year <laughs> deal and and bring back Max Domi. Domi, they bring in Domi. <laughs> Ty Domi becomes <laughs> president of hockey operations. Hey, who knows what's going to happen? And bring back Sergachev. You see him yeah. working out with Romanov. Why is Romanov doing that? I'm kind of mad at him. Okay, look, they, Jason, come on. Romanov if, is going to be a stud. Yeah, he's going to be. A stud. But like, if 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 the Habs beat Tampa, if he continues he's, working with Sergachev, he's going to be a stud. Yeah, maybe. Hey, Sergachev's our guy. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I, I want to ask you one question quickly. If we do not match Kokaniemi's offer and he goes Carolina, and we don't get a second line center, do you think Drew Wayne is going into that spot? I yes. heard that he actually might oh, play center. He I heard he wants to, and he's ready. He that says, is he way says he's too ready big to. of a. He he is not defensively yeah. responsible and enough to do that. Again, people are saying, "Oh, let's try it out." Do you not remember what happened? He literally came here first year and said, "I'm going to play center." And but again, his wingers are going to be way different now. He couldn't play in his own zone. It was so bad. It was hard to watch. The guy couldn't play in his own zone. But he still has so much skill. Like watching. I think on the wing, don't get me wrong, I'd love to see him. I mean, Eric Engel said it last time. I'd love to see him play with a guy like Caulfield and Suzuki. Um, I think that skill is unmatched. But at the end of the day, I, I think I don't think his place is center. And I don't want to see him there. And if we have to fall back on that, well, good luck to us. Anyways, I, I don't want to see it happen. We all set our points. I think we're going to end it off on this note. We thank you so much for joining us. Liam, Jason, thanks for coming on. Hopefully we can do it again sometime soon. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Thanks, guys.